Welcome to History Notes, a podcast from the Greensboro History Museum, where we are making history by talking history. History Notes is created by the Education Department of the Greensboro History Museum, located at 130 Summit Avenue, Greensboro. History Notes intends to provide instructional resources for our area educators and content for all learners both in and out of the classroom. From K-12 to graduate-level students, teachers, administrators, and the overall community, History Notes is for you. Let's examine the individuals, trends, and events that have helped shape who we are today. And don't forget to take notes. It's now time for History Notes. Welcome to another edition of History Notes. I'm your host, Rodney Dawson, Curator of Education at the Greensboro History Museum. Today we will delve into a sensitive topic, sensitive both in timeliness and feeling, Yet, it's an important topic that warrants discussion. I'm speaking of the history of lynching in America today. Today, we'll discuss an organization that's germane to our county, Guilford County. We're here with two members of the Guilford County Community Remembrance Project. This group has taken on a task of bringing awareness of the legacy of lynching and racial terror. Again, what could appear to be a daunting and revealing task, but you've jumped in with both feet. We're glad and pleased to have Terry Hammond here. She's the founding director and curator of the Guilford College Art Gallery, as well as community resident and member of GCC RP, Allison Spooner. Thank you for joining us on History Notes today. Glad to be here. Yep. Thank you for having us. It's good to have you. And, you know, until I met you, I wasn't aware of GCC RP. And I'll say it again because uh, I might. Uh, get tongue tied, but Guilford County Community Remembrance Project. So, right away, we know it's Guilford County. Mm-hmm. And uh, many of our listeners are going to be from Guilford County. By the way, uh, it's in the intro, but this podcast is developed for primarily for our educational community. Um, as a teacher, I used to uh, tell this story every podcast. They're probably screaming, we, we, we get it, right? But I used to, uh, wasn't too happy about doing lesson plans. It was so time consuming. So, I said, what can we do to ease that burden to make it easier to build a lesson plan or supplement a lesson plan. So the hope is that teachers use this and that students can walk around with uh, their wireless earbuds in and listen to this to prepare for some type of lesson in the future, as well as our our, uh, institutions of higher learning. So it's definitely uh, good to have someone here from uh, Guilford College uh, to participate and contribute in this way. Um, But I hadn't heard of GCCRP until I met you. So what is it about? Why does it exist? Now, I'll toss that to Alice, and then we'll start with you. Sure. Yeah, our name is a little bit of a mouthful, isn't it? It is. But but it's important, and I like that you mentioned or that you focus on Guilford County because we are specifically working on um, remembering um, lynching victims, specifically um, one particular lynching victim that has been documented in Guilford County, um, and we are we are trying to honor his his legacy and his his memory. Um, and we formed a coalition last year, so 2018, and we are our goal is to bring awareness to the legacy of lynching and racial terror in our community. A lot of people don't even realize what has happened on our soil, right. and we think it's really, really important to educate folks to um, to honor honor what has happened here, so that we can collectively um, grieve and heal. And I look forward to, to going a little deeper into racial terror uh, and, and the, the one documented case that we have. And I'm going to ask you about that a little bit more in detail later on. But um, how did you get uh, how did you find out about the EJI, Equal Justice uh, Initiative? And, and uh, is it attorney Brian Stevenson? Uh, mm-hmm. No, again, mm-hmm. activist, but yeah, attorney. Tell me how you got involved in that. So initially, there was a group of Guilford 
college faculty and staff who traveled to the National Memorial for Peace and Justice in Montgomery, Alabama, during the summer of 2018. Uh, The museum and memorial opened in April 2018, Mm -hmm. and Brian Stevenson was the founder of this. Um, It's a very profound experience um, for those who, who visited. Uh, in, I think it was October 2018, those faculty members gave a presentation at Guilford College mm-hmm. about the experience and uh, told, told about the, um, the memorial itself, which is an outdoor uh, kind of like a shed roof mm-hmm. with eight, more than 800 hanging uh, corten steel columns with the names of counties throughout the southeast. Did I say there were more than 800? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, where doc- there were documented lynchings that occurred. And so each column has the name of the county. Just the state, county? Just the county. Mm-hmm. And then the names of the people who were lynched in that county. Okay. In addition, there is a duplicate of this Corten steel monument that's placed on the perimeter of the six-acre property around okay. the around the original memorial, and those memorials are were designed to be uh, claimed by the counties. Okay, and so we are working to bring Guilford County's monument back to Guilford County and to erect a memorial site here in Guilford to remember Eugene Hairston as the only documented lynching. Mm-hmm. There were likely others. Um, and uh, the other interesting thing about the way Brian Stevenson and EJI set this up is that it's a way to also recognize the counties who do not claim their monument mm-hmm. and where there still needs to be work done. So these are documented lynchings that have occurred, and and for our audience out there that doesn't know what a lynching is, can you can either of you jump in or tell me what is lynching? Why was it used? Uh, why do we associate the word terror has a different meaning today, or we associate it with a different grouping? But why is lynching terror? So I guess there's two parts: what is lynching, and why is it considered terroristic? It's very it's a very sensitive and hard hard topic. Obviously, um, we. We really love the work that EJI has done on this, and um, the website talks about has a really great um, description of of lynching. Lynching really just emerged as a, like you said, as a terror tactic after the Civil War. So once slavery was illegal, there was still a need, unfortunately, for um, white folks to have power in the South, especially. And so um, lynching was a tool designed to terrorize the people in in the South, specifically black people. Um, There were different types of lynching, um, but often it was was done in a public way, Mm -hmm. and it was um, advertised even, and there were often um, pictures taken. And so there's obviously, you know, a lot of documentation um, that we have. It was almost entertainment. Right. right. I heard a lot of times uh, uh, what they call picnics would would derive from that. Mm -hmm. They'd bring food. Uh, I did look up the definition of the word. I put a couple definitions together and it said uh, it's meant to spread fear among blacks. 
serve the broad social purpose of maintaining white supremacy in an economic, social, and political spheres. So um, um, uh, I think that's what ties in the terroristic aspect, you know, the, the put fear into you or intimidate you to the point mm-hmm. where you won't uh, try to integrate this or perform a sit-in or whatever uh, the case may be. Um, it was often, to me, um, it was people can't wait for justice mm-hmm. to be served. We need to take this into our own hands and, you know, you know, there's they they felt like what they were doing was, you know, the right thing to do. And there are numerous articles, you know, from the time that I found trying to justify it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even religious leaders were saying that, oh, really? you know, this is the right thing to do and lynching isn't wrong. And it's just hard to believe today. Yeah, and I've not, I've not come across that. Yeah. Uh, but, wow, so that's uh, – I learned something today. Um and we'll talk more about that that specific case that uh, found its way to Greensboro, North Carolina. All right. And, you know, we're talking about the case of Eugene Harrison, and that's germane to right here, right here where we are in Greensboro. Not too, We could probably walk there if we had enough time. Um, but for, as far as the, the nation, America at the time, between the late 1800s and uh, on up to 1960s, civil rights era, how rampant was lynching? Well, the Equal Justice Initiative has documented over 4,000 mm. racial specifically racial terror lynchings in the southern states. And uh, they focus primarily on the, the years between 1877 and 1950, which, again, we know, you know, lynchings happened outside of those years. Mm-hmm. And we also know that, um, like we said earlier, there are most likely a lot of undocumented lynchings right. as well. All right. And those we just can't find. We just know. don't have any. Right. You know, all right. Uh, okay, let's come back home then. Um, Eugene Harrison uh, was a case where a man was hanged in within the city limits of Greensboro. Is that what was? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what brings GCCRP, uh, the, the the county commission, Guilford County Commission Remembrance Project. And uh, I applaud you for your efforts. Um, and so, what did you learn about Eugene Harrison? And what did you learn about Eugene that moved you to start a coalition? So I'm kind of an amateur genealogist, mm-hmm. and so I decided that I would take on trying to see if I could find a, any living relatives of his. Okay. And so I began by looking at census records and trying to find, you know, if he had a death certificate or anything, you know, like what, that. Where do you go? You do, how do you access the U.S. Census? Online? Or? I do. I I have a personal membership to mm-hmm. Ancestry.com. Okay. But I also am a frequent visitor to the Central Library downtown, gotcha. and they have a lot of great resources there for genealogists. And also in Winston-Salem. So it's grassroots. Mm-hmm. You don't need a big agency. You can be your own agency to start something. Exactly. Okay. Yep. So uh, one of the things that I found early on that really was just heart-wrenching was that in the 1880 census, uh, Eugene Hairston was um, 10 years old. And there's a column on the census for to check for the census taker to check if the individual is maimed or disabled in any way. And um, they don't they don't specify. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think they even use the word disabled. That's kind of more of a 20th century term. But 
that column was checked for him. And the lynching of Eugene Hairston occurred on August 25th, 1887, and he's 17 years old. He was accused of assaulting a, a white woman in Colfax, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And that kind of hit home, too, because I live about two miles from right. where where that occurred. And um, so as I'm doing this research, I was recognizing names mm-hmm. of, like, um, families uh, who have streets right, okay. named after them in my community. And it was like, this this happened right here. Mm-hmm. You know, this is here. Brings it home for you. Yeah. yeah. So Eugene Hairston was actually born and raised in Kernersville, which is in Forsyth County. Right. And Colfax is on the western edge of Guilford County, about three, four miles from Kernersville. So <clears throat> after he was accused of assaulting this 17-year-old white woman, Mahala Sapp, uh, in Colfax, he, he ran home to mm-hmm. Kernersville. And he was discovered hiding under, under like in the crawl space under his family's house in Kernersville. So, I'm trying to imagine that atmosphere where you know that you can't, uh, I can't turn myself in. You know, it was a terroristic atmosphere. It kind of fits that de- definition we talked about, where he said, "I need to go into hiding." Yes. And I know immediately he he sensed that somebody's going to be looking for me as well. Mm-hmm. Oh. So. Of course, you know, he's caught very quickly, mm-hmm. and he's taken to—he's held in Kernersville. They don't describe it necessarily as a jail, um, but immediately a mob forms mm-hmm. and threatens to lynch him. And, you know, they are in Kernersville saying, you know, we're going we're gonna to kill you for this. And one of the um, police officers— decides we need to take him out of Cornersville for his own protection. Mm-hmm. And so they sneak him out the back door of the jail, take him by horse and buggy to the township of Friendship, which now, is kind of near the old Greensboro airport. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, this police officer, he's putting his, his career in danger, isn't he? Or is his, his son? No, yeah. no, the police... We're trying to protect him from being right. lynched. That's what I'm, I'm, he knows a mob is coming, or he, mm-hmm. he suspects that a mob will yeah. come, but yet he, the police officer, says, I'm going to do the right thing, even though I got this angry mob coming after me. I see me. what you mean. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm just, it's just different dynamics that, yeah. you know, you don't want to think there was just one side and another side. You know, somebody mm-hmm. uh, uh, was trying to do speak up or mm-hmm. act to do the right thing at that time. So in friendship, they boarded a train. And the train took him to Greensboro, to Mm -hmm. the Guilford County Jail, which was at the time located at the corner of Elm and what's now Friendly. Mm -hmm. And uh, then later that night, actually the wee hours of the following morning, uh, between 2 and 3 a.m., according to the newspaper article, uh, another mob came and demanded that the jailer and Greensboro release him and the jailer refused and so they, you know, knocked him out of the way and they used crowbars to break down the drawer and they took him out and according to the newspaper descriptions they took him to the outskirts of town mm-hmm. 
and uh, we have a, we had some clues in the newspaper article that said that it occurred near Jackson's Farm and the Little Brick Schoolhouse. And so part of the work that our commission has been doing has been to try to research and, and mm-hmm. discover where that actually occurred. Um, they, they took him there, they hung him from a tree, and then they riddled his body mm-hmm. with bullets. And from, you know, the descriptions, it was just an, an atrocious, awful, um, act. Act. Yeah. Were there any witnesses at the time, or did anyone step up and say, hey, um, this is where you can apprehend um, the, the people that perpetrated this crime? Was there a voice for him? Yes, yeah, there, there were. Um, and this is very, uh, this is kind of unusual. Mm-hmm. But in the newspaper accounts that came out a few days after the lynching, they record that there were a number of African American men who spoke up the following day. There was like an inquest held, and these men spoke up and said, hey, we think that you could identify these guys, mm. and they should be brought to justice, those who who did this to him. And uh, his mother and stepfather and his sister were there, and he was left hanging in this tree, mm. you know, for 24 hours at least. And uh, and the fact that it occurred near a school, too, mm. is just, it seems, and he's a young man. He was like, this is, a, this is a real kind of horrible, like, holding this up as, you know, right. we're the ones, we're in power, we can do what we want and take a, take a lesson from this. Um, but there... I have not had any success in finding any additional, like, these men spoke up. Mm-hmm. There was a date set for an inquest the following week, but Nothing we haven't up. been able to find any record of anything yet. You know, it's, and for the students that are watching, the students of all ages, it's, it's when you read between the lines, what st- when you delve and you research as opposed to just hearing a story that was a lynching in 1887, but when you go and look into it, see all these different dynamics and uh, mm-hmm. start to understand different uh, complexities that are involved. Um, but uh, uh, when we come back, we're going to take a small break. When we come back, I want to talk about how, you know, there was a voice there that went unheard, but some 132, did I do my math right? 132 years later, we have a voice now for Eugene Harrison. So we're here with two members of the uh, Guilford County Community Remembrance Project, to Terry Hammond as well as Allison Spooner, and we'll return after this break. Welcome to History Notes, a podcast from the Greensboro History Museum, where we are making history by talking history. History Notes is created by the Education Department of the Greensboro History Museum, located at 130 Summit Avenue, Greensboro. History Notes intends to provide instructional resources for our area educators and content for all learners both in and out of the classroom. From K-12 to graduate level students, teachers, administrators, and the overall community, History Notes is for you. Let's examine the individuals, trends, and events that have helped shape who we are today. And don't forget to take notes. It's now time for History Notes. 
Welcome back to History Notes. Again, we were here with uh, members of the Guilford County uh, Community Remembrance Project, GCCRP. Am I doing good? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Allison Cooper and Terry Hammond, uh, both from Guilford College. And uh, Guilford College has a long history of righting wrongs, especially when it comes to uh, racial injustice. So I guess it's in your DNA. Uh, that you came here. But before we left, we we're talking about Eugene Harrison, which is the one long documented case that happened on August 25th, 1887. Uh, he was jailed in uh, Kernersville originally, originally for something that uh, said he uh, tried to rape a, a white woman in Colfax. They never, they don't use the word rape, okay. but assault. Assault. Yeah. Brought him here uh, because the jailer said, uh, look, it's not safe. Took, put him on a train, brought him to Greensboro. A mob came. Uh, broke down the doors and took him out, of, extracted him from the jail, and then hanged him at, they say, a farm and near a, a schoolhouse on the suburbs. And, you know, I'm maybe thinking where I live. I'm on the suburbs of, of Guilford County, and there's a Jackson Farm Road out there. So, oh. yeah, so I started thinking, you know, maybe that's it, uh, which is going to cause me to now research it, which, uh, which is the reason for the podcast. So all that long coming back from the break is leads me to say that there were people that stood up some African group of African Americans that said, "Hey, this is what happened, and you can find them, but nothing happened." But you're here in 2000, starting in 2018, but now 2019, uh, being a voice for Eugene Harrison on his behalf. Um, so, how can you help? How how does GCCRP and the rest of us? How can we help bring justice to this, or get claim that that's marker in Montgomery? Yeah, we have uh, quite a few um, kind of projects in the works that we're really excited about. And and these are all coming from the Equal Justice Initiative. So every county is is hopefully going to be participating in these kind of um, and, events. And how does that process work? Is it a step by step process? They okay. yeah, they are um, they're very clear about how, you know, within, you know, they give they give us steps for for how to do this and then also this kind of creative liberty to to, you know, go into our communities mm-hmm. and and kind of see how how it kind of gets interpreted in in our specific county. Um, one of the first things that we're um, hoping to do in the next um, few months to a year is to do a soil collection, um, which is where we would take a sample of the soil from um, the the place that the lynching occurred as close as possible that we can, collect it in a jar, have a um, you know have a hopefully a, a ceremony that, that involves a lot of um, Guilford County community mm-hmm. members. And EJI has a place for uh, jars of soil in their museum um, that they put on display. Mm. And it's just a really powerful uh, way to really uh, center this this act of injustice, you know, uh, physically. You know, this is the soil. This mm. is the actual soil that we we know hap- this is what happened you know 132 okay. years ago so that's that's one thing we're working towards another project we're working towards is to put up a marker so like kind of like what you see on the highway sometimes yeah. which is or, or even there's plenty of of them in um in Greensboro right where it's it'll one right talk- outside the museum yeah mm-hmm. exactly and it'll talk about uh, you know a, a, a point of history that has significance you know, in, in that general area. So we would like to, um, and EJI would like us to do um, that. And then the third big kind of project is 
to, like Terry said, claim that um, monument, okay. that steel structure, and bring it to a place in Guilford County and and have a, um, you know, really just kind of a place for reflection and grief and healing for our community. Um, so those are those are some of the, the things that we're uh, kind of physical, tangible ways that we're trying to honor Eugene Hairston's mm-hmm. um Legacy. So the marker in Montgomery, as you mentioned earlier, there's a duplicate. So they'll have an original that stays there, and then that duplicate comes here. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a, a lot of work, a lot of red tape, too. So um, if I'm a school or I'm another educator, how do I? How does a, a school get involved? You want to mention Holly? We have one of our coalition members, Holly Blake, is a teacher in Guilford County mm-hmm. Schools, and. Um, one of the one of the ways that that she's been partnering with us is is teaching um, in one in her history class uh, a little bit about um, you know generally about racial terror but also specifically about Eugene and about our project and so her students um, this past spring were working on doing some research creating a website just kind of trying to get their hands a little bit you know mm-hmm. try try trying out this kind of work. Right. Um, and so that's that's just a one way that that schools and teachers can get involved. But um, but really, there's a lot of ways. I mean, one of the biggest things that we're trying to do is just simply educate folks mm-hmm. in in what happened and why it's it's still relevant. Because what we realize is that many folks are thinking, of, you know, learning about this and thinking, okay, but this happened. You know, leave the past in the past. Right. This is like a very mm-hmm. common right. thing that people say, like, why bring this up? Why? Why remember this? This was such a horrible. This is this is shameful. Why do we want to put this on a plaque? And, you know, I think the if if we only accomplish putting up a plaque or a, a, a marker, but we don't actually change the consciousness of our community, we haven't necessarily been successful, mm. right? We need to change the consciousness of our community to the point where they understand that, yes, this was in the past, and yes, it is absolutely relevant today. We have not actually, we, we haven't grieved these mm-hmm. these acts. And, and because of that, we are still seeing the, you know, the the effects of that and, right. and our, in our communities today. You have to acknowledge it in order to have healing. Uh, uh, there was a question I was going to ask you, but you just you answered the best way possible just now. So, uh, um, but I do want to read a quote that I got uh, from your website. Uh, True peace is not merely the absence of tension; it is the presence of justice. Uh, that's Martin Luther King. Uh, and so, going alongside with uh, what you just said, um, if I'm someone, and again, you just answered this, but whether I'm Hispanic American, Native American. Uh, African American, Caucasian American, Asian. It, you gave the reason why you want to participate in the project like this. So, if folks do want to re- reach out and say, "I want to help GCCRP uh, in a more tangible way, or I don't know, in a monetary way," uh, where can we lead them to? We do have a Facebook page. Okay. So that's probably a good place to to start, and we will be posting events, upcoming events there. Um, our Facebook page is our is our name. Um, the Gufford County Community Remembrance mm-hmm. Project. We do have an event coming up October 26th at the History, the Greensboro History Museum. 
um, where we'll be sharing a little bit more about um, about our work and, and the next steps for our work. This is 2019. In case those watch this in October of uh, 2020, <laughs> they listen to this. Um, but yeah, you'll be, uh, what is it, 10 to 12? Mm-hmm. 10 a.m. 10 a.m. to 12 noon. We'll be joined by uh, members of the Greensboro Truth and Reconciliation Project right. as well. The Community History and Reconciliation um, Symposium, uh, organized by Glenn Perkins mm-hmm. at, at the Greensboro History Museum. He's a good um, guy. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm very interested by this project and in uh, uh, talks that we've had before this podcast. I did... Uh, want to talk to a couple of schools and uh, but I don't want to reinvent the wheel I don't want to it's good to know that you have another teacher working on something uh, so I, I want to see how we can get some schools involved and all put something in the same pot without stepping all over one another but I think it's a worthwhile project and I'm glad you you delved into it I'm sure you had endless amount of time on on hand and you could just afford <laughs> to take this on as well but I see your passion for it and it's definitely a need and um if you ever need our assistance, you know, please don't hesitate to reach out. Thanks so much for having us and giving us the opportunity to get the word out about the yeah, work we're we, doing. We want you to come back. You know, as it progresses, we want to come back and, and, and inform the audience, and uh, especially when we have that commemorative event. Mm-hmm. Maybe we have a thousand people come out for. That would be amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. our dream. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you to Teresa Hammond, Terry Hammond, uh, and Allison Spooner, both from uh, Guilford College, but they're representing the Guilford County Commission, Remem- Guilford County Community Remembrance Project, uh, GCCRP. And uh, we heard about their work and we wish them the best. And uh, just thank you for joining us for another edition of History Notes. Thank you for listening to History Notes, a podcast from the Education Department of the Greensboro History Museum. The Education Department offers several resources for learners both in and out of the classroom. Learn more at greensborohistory.org. Then select the Discover and Learn tab at the top of the homepage. You may schedule a tour, a field trip, or reserve an education trunk for your next lesson. Daily visitors can stop by the museum at 130 Summit Avenue in Greensboro. Admission is free. You've been listening to History Notes, where we are making history by talking history. Tune in next month for a new topic, new discussion, and new insight. This has been History Notes.